0: This is the Hope Not Nope podcast,
1: where we answer your questions and share inspirational stories to fill your soul with hope.
0: Our mission is to empower hope to those who have been plagued by nope.
1: I'm Dr. Dylan Caswell. And I'm Brandy. And we're here to bring you out of the nope and into hope
0: welcome back to the next episode of the hope not no podcast we are so excited that you are tuning in and this past month has been so fun for the both of both of us i feel like we did so many different things we were on a um, 10 to 12 day book tour where we were um, touring throughout the midwest and the south and sharing the book networking and really just getting to make all these really great connections we got to have the Global Leadership Summit that we tuned in on. It was the CrossFit Games. <laughs> it, like Basically, our favorite things all happened within a month span of each other. Mm-hmm. And there were so many hope stories amidst that. Um, but we just, I don't know, this past month was awesome. Can't you agree?
1: <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And just being able to be in new locations, meeting new people, connecting with, with some older friends, and just spreading the message of hope was just incredible Mm -hmm. like the the doors that are open the people the athletes that we got to meet and and interact with was just it was just amazing
0: it was so amazing and so i'm going to share my hope story and my hope story actually comes from the trip that we were on because we went to crossfit mayhem and so for um listeners who may not know what crossfit mayhem is it's one of the biggest crossfit gyms um in the u.s and perhaps the world because the founder of it is one of the, like, original champions of CrossFit. And so it was just so cool because we were visiting Nashville, staying with some friends, and we went over to Cookville, Tennessee, to go to CrossFit Mayhem. And I was just... I walked in and I was amazed, yeah. and Dil- Dylan was really cute. He was really giddy about it. I mean, eight years of CrossFit versus like a year and a half, two years of CrossFit, so he has like so much more passion and excitement for it. So it was cute, like getting there. He was he was really giddy, and I was like, oh, I'm excited. But um, it was so cool because I'm currently training for another competition in October and I'm just really struggling with getting double unders and I'm just I'm still really new to a lot of movements I I can do them but my form's not I mean it's really hard to get perfect form in general but my form just continues to need work right and so we go into this gym and I'm completely amazed because it's probably like 20 plus times larger than any gym size that we've ever been to so I was just like Whoa! In my glory, um, but what I want to share specifically from it w- was um, just the community of people that we got to meet there, and the intentionality that their coaches had towards us, random people who were just dropping in. They probably know that we're like low key fan girls, like dropping in. <laughs> um, but they they were so excited. They asked mm-hmm. us, you know, where were we? F- were from. To share a fun fact, when we shared about the book, they wanted to know more about the book, and then during the class, the head coach was actually training two other people to learn how to coach, and so, you know, there was maybe like, I don't know, maybe 15-20 people in the class, and those two people who were training were going around and, you know, talking to different people and athletes who were working out, but then the head coach I felt like I had a personal session with him. It was it was so special. He came over and he helped me um, with my clean form. He helped me with my deadlift form. He helped me with double unders. And you know, for Dylan and I, Dylan's my coach, and he, which I love, obviously, but he can only see so much. So dropping in at other gyms is always really special for both of us because we get to have other people's perspectives really inspire us. And this coach. He was so patient. I think he said, do you remember, was it like 13 years of coaching? Mm -hmm. Something like that. And um, he was just, he was so kind and he helped me so much. And I was able to take away so many different things from that experience. But what I loved most about it was really just like, you know, he didn't have to do that. We've dropped in at probably over 10, 15 gyms together over the past couple of years, if not more. And I've never had a coach be more kind, um, more loving, more intentional than like this specific coach. And yeah. so walking away, I was like, Dylan, can we leave Syracuse and move to, to Cookville, Tennessee? Um, probably not happening anytime soon. And his mom, when he, when she listens to this is not going to be happy. I just said that, but um, I, I really just, it was, it was such an amazing experience. And so um, you can comment on that cause you were there with, but I also want to know your hope story too.
1: Oh, amazing experience. Like Brandy said, we've been to so many different CrossFit gyms in different regions of the country and each one kind of has its own thing that, that makes it unique and mayhem being such a big, large gym that is very, very much in the faith. You're like, okay, I want to see this and see what it feels like mm-hmm. to be there. And I would say even before the coaches got there and we walked in, you could feel, that this place was different. Yeah. You could feel the love, you could feel the community support. It was incredible. And and that coach, like Brandy said, she basically had a one-on-one session the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then he came over, I love being coached because as Brandy was saying, when we coach each other, we only see so much because we're typically doing the workout together and we're kind of like watching some film here and there. But having another set of eyes, another perspective, like he came over gave me some cues that really helped me out that we got back and I'm like hungry. I'm like, okay, I need to go work Mm -hmm. on this thing because great coaching and the way that it was delivered was Mm -hmm. in such a positive way. Um, So phenomenal coaching, phenomenal experience. Mm -hmm. As Brandy was saying, we just had an amazing trip throughout the Midwest. We could do an entire episode on hope stories, but we do have questions that we want to get to <laughs> yes. to, to honor our audience. But, you know, one, one thing that I do want to share before going into the hope story was that we stopped at the Football Hall of Fame mm-hmm. in Canton, Ohio. If you ever have the chance to stop at the Football Hall of Fame, it is so worth it. The the, the price of, of admission, kind of, you look at it, you're like, I don't know. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. So many different things that you can look at, so many different interactive things. But the one part I want to bring up. Is that in the pursuit of perfection, you can catch excellence, mm-hmm. and like you're saying, like oh, I'm learning, I don't have perfect form. We're never going to have perfect form, yeah. and, and we're not going to go and say that our goal is perfection. We're going to chase it, and then maybe catch some excellence mm-hmm. along the way, and that is CrossFit Mayhem. Yeah, they they have chased perfection. No one is perfect, but they have caught excellence, and they have maintained excellence for many of years. Mm-hmm. So one of my hope stories actually comes from the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. I love the CrossFit Games. One of my cousins, he works most of the year to take time off for March Madness. I do this for the CrossFit Games. Brandy does this for the CrossFit <laughs> Games. Like we work, we we work through the weekend so that when the CrossFit Games comes that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we can lock in and watch the CrossFit Games. The reason I love it is there's always at least one moment that kind of identifies the games mm-hmm. and shows us what it's what it's all about this year's moment was from a competitor from CrossFit Mayhem, whose background story, I don't know all the details, but I know that he's from Russia. He was having trouble getting overseas from Russia to the US to be able to compete in the CrossFit Games. He's qualified for many years and last year was actually the first year that he was able to come over and compete. But in doing that, his wife and his son, they were still back in Russia. So he came over to compete and and he's doing this for his son and for his family but his son and his family aren't able to watch this they're not able to be there with him he doesn't speak pretty much any english at that point point. and he fought and i think he got second or third place mm-hmm. that year so he came back this year and he was you know almost the favorite to win especially after the first few days because the the defending champ justin berdell's kind of fell off mm-hmm. and roman kronikoff just like was crushing these <laughs> was, events he was, was awesome. running away with the competition <laughs> mm-hmm. almost like matt fraser ask like mm-hmm. he almost didn't have to show up on the last day and he still would have won this thing and on one of the last events on that last day he comes down and and he rolls his ankle on a sandbag potentially fractures it there's still what two or three events left mm-hmm. so he comes out the next event is something with a jump rope some other movements And he's doing double-unders on a single leg, on one foot, jumping up, doing double-unders to stay in the competition. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He fought through. He showed so much grit. The entire stadium was in tears after his performance because they interviewed him as to, like, why? Like, you didn't have to do the double-unders. You basically just had to show up to the event and not withdraw. And he made the message that I wanted to show my son what it looks like to go out and fight. For, for something that you believe in. And it was just so emotional. And Roman's just such a great guy mm-hmm. that you couldn't help but feel for him. Like this guy's dedicated his life to this and he has this one little slip up that he rolls his back, rolls his ankle on the bag. But here's the best part. He still gets third place overall <laughs> because of all the points that he earned <laughs> earlier on yeah. in the weekend. So that, that him just showing the grit was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like his perseverance, And willingness to just keep showing up he comes out with a walking boot on when when they're gonna be doing these double unders like what like yeah wow so so that's that's one hope story from the crossfit games and then also commenting on on the trip like we got to meet new people and we got to catch up with old friends uh one friend hosted us and and she's a phenomenal supporter Mm -hmm. of the book and she mentioned to us I hope not. Nope, my physician. <laughs> and I awesome. kind of laughed, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "I hope not. Nope, my physician. I went in. I had high blood pressure. She runs a very successful business. She's an amazing human being. Yeah, like meeting her and spending time with her and going to her CrossFit gym. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, like, shout out to her. Yeah. she she's phenomenal. But but yeah, she goes. I hope not. Nope, my physician. I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, well. I was stressed. The stuff was going on with the business. I had high blood pressure. They wanted to put me on these medications. And I said, wait, no, 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 no. Let me let me address this. Let me take care mm-hmm. of this. I'm stressed. I have this going on in my life and, and all this. And so she came back. She took better care of her internal load. Blood pressure was back down. Didn't need the medication. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I bring your book with me to the physician's office and show him. I hope not nope an you. <laughs> and that made me so incredibly happy. Mm-hmm. And then my last hope story was <clears throat> that we actually got to meet up with one of my childhood friends and mm-hmm. high school buddies that lives in Nashville, he was our team's point guard. I was our shooting guard. He was our shortstop and pitcher. I was our second baseman, center field. Like him and I, he moved to the school I went to in like seventh grade and we became best friends. Mm-hmm. So we got to catch up with him and meet his wife and it was just phenomenal. And and so shout out to Andy because he is a huge <laughs> supporter of the book, a huge supporter of the podcast. Yeah, He does amazing work down in nashville Mm -hmm. and it was just amazing to catch up with Mm them so like i said we could go on the entire episode with hope stories but there are questions that we'll get to but we could just keep going back to that trip of hope stories there was a giant rubber duck on a roof in Cincinnati. Like I wrote that down as a hope story. Cause I'm like, I've never seen a rubber duck on top of a building was, before. It and massive. it was a massive rubber duck on top of a building. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. There's all these little things that you pick up on these trips. <laughs>
0: yes. And we road tripped. And so it was so fun because, you know, from, we went Syracuse to Columbus, Columbus to Lexington, Lexington to Nashville and then to Cookville and then back to Nashville and then to Columbus again, and then to, um, like central PA and then back to Syracuse. And so it was just an awesome road trip. We got to see so many amazing people that we are friends with and experience so much kindness from absolute strangers. And it was just such a gift of like truly knowing, um, that there are good humans in this world and that people, people just want other people to like be happy and to enjoy their lives. And I feel like if I were to sum up the trip in anything, it, it was really that like we wanted to enjoy our life and to, you know, bless as many people as we got to encounter. But in doing that, a lot of people really just blessed us. And, um, Oh man, I could share so many stories. So many
1: stories, <laughs> but, but I think it's good to, that we just say thank you to everyone yeah. that hosted us and interacted with us. East cross city, East Nashville. We got to meet Brooke and Sydney Wells, mm-hmm. their community, their coaching was absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal uh great experience yeah. there uh CrossFit Hendersonville mm-hmm. the CrossFit gym in, in Columbus that we dropped into our mm, Grove City, uh, Grove City yeah. Fitness their their coaches were great their community was great mm-hmm. um meeting up with our friends our friends that hosted us the mm-hmm. the strangers that we got to meet and interact with mm-hmm. CrossFit
0: Maximus. Um, CrossFit Maximus. Yeah. It was in Lexington. It, in Lexington. Yeah. It
1: was just, we met so many great people. The random guy we met in the parking lot at the restaurant that yeah. we were talking to about the book, like yes. got to chat with him a little bit. Oh. So just thank you to everyone that, you know, kind of went out of their way to support us yeah. and, and be there for us and, and really show us what community and one of our core values is showing up for people. Mm-hmm. And, and so our goal is always showing up for people and just having the example of the people that have showed up for us and continue to show up for us is just, it's just phenomenal. It is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's hop into the hope stories. Um, our first, or our, not hope stories, our questions. So let's keep it going. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's hop into the questions because okay. we can keep sharing about hope stories. Um, so this one is from a listener named James and he says, I'm wondering in my workout if I should use dumbbells versus barbells or barbells versus dumbbells, is there one that's better than the other?
1: James, great question. Very easy answer to this is Mm -hmm. that, no, one's not better than the other one. The other side is that one can be better than the other one depending on what your goal is, Mm -hmm. what you have access to, and what you're gonna be consistent with. So there's big debates, dumbbell versus barbell. Dumbbells are safer because if you were to fail a rep, you can bail on it easier. Mm -hmm. For example, let's take like a classic bench press. If you're on the bench and you have dumbbells and you're pressing it up and you kind of get stuck, ah, I can't press this anymore, I'm at my limit. Well, you can just drop them and they're not gonna come down on your midline, they're not gonna come down on your body, they're just gonna crash to the floor. (laughs)
0: Except my one friend that hit himself in the face. Except for (laughs) your one
1: friend that hit himself in the face with that.
0: Shout out to Austin. (laughs) There's
1: always special circumstances, and Austin, thank you for showing us that special circumstance. But with a barbell, for example, if you go to fail a rep, it's gonna come down and the bar's gonna be coming across your midline. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be taking load in through your sternum and through your chest. Now you can get out of that position if you don't have clips on it. You can push one side up a little bit so the weights fell off and then the other side, which is another thing I'll just throw out there. A lot of times people are saying, make sure you work out with safety clips, which is absolutely true, unless you're working out by yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you're working out by yourself, having the clips off becomes a safety measure for you to get out if you do get stuck. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, I used to get stuck under the bar all the time. And it was because I was ego lifting and not listening to what my body was saying for that day. So I programmed I'd have, we're gonna hit 95% of your one rep max of a bench press. And I was having a day that I was feeling like maybe 70% I can hit. 80% feels extremely heavy. Well, let's put on the weight. Guess what? Failed that rep. You never wanna leave the court with a missed shot. Mm -hmm. You never wanna leave the gym on a miss rep. So use a weight that you're going to be able to do if you're pushing yourself and going for a heavier weight, do it when people are around you that that can spot you. So for safety reasons, dumbbell versus barbell, dumbbells tend to be safer than a barbell. If you are using a barbell, don't worry too much about the clips so that you can slide to get the weights to drop off to get out of that position mm-hmm. if you get there. Now, with that being said, what are the other differences? Well, with a dumbbell, the thought is that you're going to get more stability because you're pressing with one side, you're able to get some more asymmetry test which on our YouTube channel, we have tests for chest press, for overhead press, and using a dumbbell in those positions, you're able to see, do I have an asymmetry? Do a five rep max single arm bench press on your left side, a five rep max single arm bench press on your right side. Do the same thing for overhead. And these asymmetries are going to start to really present themselves to you. Now, at the same time, so does that mean dumbbells are the best thing to use? No, barbells have a great time and place. It depends on your goals, depends on what your training is, but also depends on what do you want as an athlete. Like if you're an athlete that loves the barbell, then we're not going to go, oh, we're going to create a program for you that only includes dumbbells. Wean mm-hmm. into that discomfort. <laughs> like, no, you like the barbell. Let's yeah. use the barbell in some different ways and, and get that different stimulus. So I don't think it's one's better than the other. They both have their time in the place. Um, for example, coming back from someone that's had a peck repair or pec surgery um, to reattach their pec or they just had a pec strain one year in the CrossFit games they had handstand push-ups on the rings and a lot of their athletes had a lot of injuries from that so what does that that rehab look like well we're probably going to use dumbbells initially just to see are you okay with pressing this is there a big asymmetry that we need to work on but then building back up we're going to go back to the barbell but it doesn't mean that we go to the barbell and we're going to go away from dumbbells mm-hmm. we can always mix and match them together
0: yeah, I think it's important to know that both if you're able to use both, use both. And if you have a love for one versus the other, that's not a bad thing, but make sure you don't neglect the other one because yeah. I know for myself if I if we're doing like strict overhead press and it's on a barbell, I'm gonna lift more than yeah. on the dumbbell, and so I'm gonna feel good because I lifted more for a strict overhead press, but then if I use just a dumbbell, I can see my asymmetries so quickly. Right. And sometimes you need to work on those things in order to then be able to lift heavier. Well, you really should work on those things in order to lift heavier, and so don't don't neglect the one because you love the other, right. um, or because the other's like lifting you up and building your ego in a good way. Um, just make sure you're like using both if you have the opportunity to use both. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Great question, James. Yeah. Thank you. Our second question is from a um, listener named Dan and they ask, my teenager has gotten knee pain this summer after playing in a basketball league. It's under his kneecap on both sides. Wondering what suggestions you have. We have read on Google a lot about meniscus and ACL, um, Etc. but it doesn't seem like that. Any tips would be appreciated.
1: Dan, thank you for the question. I feel like that that goes around a lot in the summer. Yeah. So, you know, and googling and googling and Google can be a scary place, right? Mm-hmm. We we have access to all of this information, but we're not really taught on how to look through the information and what patterns emerge and and, and we talked about this before, but what research do I follow? And yeah. we tend to go to the scariest things first and we forget to look at the simple patterns of, of things. So let me give you an example of a simple pattern. There's times that I will get in my head of, oh, we need to do this and we need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I start to get really fatigued and really frustrated. And I look at the pattern and go, oh yeah, you didn't eat as much as you should have ate today. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple things first. So with this, why do we tend to see this in the summer more? Well, this tends to be where more kids are doing camps. They're doing showcases. They're traveling. They're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Really highly competitive leagues. And then coming back, having practices, and then doing it again. So their overall workload is drastically increased. The other thing that we see, because Dan said that this was in his teenage boy, is we have to ask, have you hit a growth spurt recently? (laughs) Because that age of 12 to 13, 13 to 14, 14 to 15, whatever age that this adolescent is starting to hit puberty and they grow, they, they grow like crazy, right? So fast. My my nephew has grown over a foot and has put on 57 pounds in one year. (laughs) Like that is a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening in these younger athletes that are hitting these major growth spurts, they're super active, they're doing these things is that their growth plates become irritated. Especially teenage boys, it tends to happen in more compared to females. Females have other things that happen more in that population just from the patterns. But below the kneecap, there is the patellar tendon. And underneath that, there's the growth plate to the tibia. What ends up happening is that the growth spurts hit, the, the, the bones grow, and the tendons haven't had time to lengthen out because it's an aggressive growth. Like There's not another time in your life that you grow that fast, that quick. So your muscles are left playing catch up. Your tendons are left to play catch up. The growth plate becomes irritated. It's called osgood Slaughter's disease. So with that, what, what do you do for that? Or how do you rule out that it's meniscus or ACL? Well, in most younger athletes, it's pretty rare that they're going to tear their ACL. As they start to get older, it becomes more likely, but it's pretty rare in a pediatric population. It can happen, but it's pretty rare. But how do you know you tore the ACL? Well, there's a mechanism of injury, there's swelling, and there's loss of quad control. Like those are factors that let us know that there's something more going on here. How do we know the meniscus? Same idea. There's a mechanism of injury that you can very, very much point out. Oh, it happened when I made this cut. It happened when I came down from this jump landing. Where something like an overuse injury, there's not a mechanism of injury. It's just that, oh yeah, you know what? My workload increased by a lot in the sense of, yeah, at the beginning of summer, I wasn't playing three games a weekend. Now I'm playing three games a weekend, every weekend and traveling. And what happens when these kids are traveling with their teammates? <laughs> what time do you think they're going to bed in a hotel room when they have an Xbox available to them? Mm-hmm. They're not going to bed till three, four in the morning. They're waking up at eight o'clock to go play from eight until four, come back to the hotel, they're in the pool, jumping around, throwing each other in the pool, Probably wrestling, not well. maybe having two slices of pizza after the pool party. And then guess what they're doing that night? You think they're going to bed? absolutely not. Yeah, coach. Yeah, mom and dad, we're shutting off the lights. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You know exactly what's going on in that room. They are having the time of their life playing Xbox. So, so now we have internal load increase. We have external load increase. So we look at the pattern and we just see that, okay, you're doing you're doing too much. You're either doing too much too soon or doing too much of the same thing for too long, which gets into a whole nother discussion of if you are specializing in a sport at a young age, that is detrimental to your health your performance, and your likelihood to get a scholarship for where you want to go to. All the data shows that long-term athletic development is where we want to be. If you play football year-round, then you should at least have four months off. Like eight months is kind of the window. Four months off. What's better is to play some different sports, right? And we look like Kobe Bryant. We love Kobe. He grew up playing soccer in Italy. Mm Mm-hmm. That footwork that he learned then allowed him to become a phenomenal basketball player. His dad was also a professional basketball player that played in Italy, which is what brought him there. Mm -hmm. So he had the soccer background, the basketball background, was able to combine those to become one of the best players. I'm not going to say he's the GOAT, but one of the best players Mm -hmm. in in the NBA. (laughs) So making sure that you are having a variety of things. But Dan, I wouldn't be too concerned about an ACL injury or a meniscal injury. In this athlete, it sounds more like this overuse of Ausgood slaughters. The solution to this becomes looking at your workload, taking time, some downtime when when you need it, and then also giving your letting letting your son know that hey, you need some time for this tendon to lengthen out. There's a lot of times that we don't go towards stretching in a program. This is a case that we would go towards stretching. Like you need to lengthen out that tendon, that muscle. So we're gonna be doing a lot of quad mobility things. I like doing it in a position that we're also getting strength. So doing like a rear, rear foot elevated or a Bulgarian split squat with that foot elevated as you're going down, you're getting a really great quad stretch and the other side's getting an isometric, which is great for tendon health and to g- decrease pain. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't be overly concerned. Just manage that workload. Know that this will go away and it is something that you want to take care of sooner versus letting it kind of nag throughout mm-hmm. a season because it's painful for the kiddos. It's mm-hmm. not a great experience. Um, they're on social media too. So they get worried about ACL injuries and right. meniscal injuries. And am I going to be able to play in my sport? And if I don't play in my sport, then am I going to have friends? And if I don't have friends, who am I going to sit with at lunch? It's this big spiral that we, we tend <laughs> to not even think about. Yeah. But but being a teenager, like they don't have a lot of responsibilities, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of emotional load.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's something to be said too, you know, with it being summer and say they're going to showcases, but it's, you know, growth plate related. There has, to, there has to be something to be said. You might be going to showcases, but maybe you play other sports, and so there's also open gym for basketball, open gym for football, all these different things. Right now, in the summer, your starting spot in varsity basketball doesn't matter it's open gyms and sure maybe your program's really intense and your coach is a certain way but if you're feeling some way, sort of way with your body like let it rest over the summer don't you know play video games all day long for six weeks but you know this is a time where you can let it rest you can do these exercises that Dylan's suggesting because you want to be well once the school year starts and I think like I'm assuming as parents, like sometimes you can get worked up and you're like, suck it up, like let's go. Or you get nervous and you're like, oh, you're done playing sports all year, like one or the other, but there's a balance there, balance. right? Yeah. But for the kid, like he, need, he, she, well, you said your son, but if you have a daughter going through something similar, like they need to be affirmed that they can take a breather in order to thrive this upcoming school year in their sports.
1: Yeah, and, and share the data with them, which we can share with you, on again, not just opinion pieces, but long-term data on athletes that specialize in a sport, and how that impacts their ability to actually make it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, you do have to specialize, but when you're a young athlete, that is not the time. Maybe your junior senior year is the time that that needs to happen, or your senior year um patty mahomes i'm i'm bringing him up it's it's football season i thought you
0: said you were gonna bring him up every episode not not in
1: my hope stories but i will find ways to get him through any episode that i can but he played baseball he played college baseball he was kind of unsure if he wanted to play in the nfl he was thinking of a baseball career. His dad was a professional baseball player. He was leaning towards baseball. Mm-hmm. And now all the things, the different arm angles, the different arm slots that he throws the football in, he learned from baseball, mm-hmm. college baseball. He did not specialize until he got to his later years in college and then in the NFL. He doesn't play baseball anymore. He mm-hmm. like he focuses on being the best quarterback in the league. Right. <laughs> so know that like an athlete can get worried. I want that D1 scholarship. I want to make it to the Olympic team. I want to make it to the pro team, like, beautiful dreams mm-hmm. phenomenal dreams let's let's get you there let's show you how you get there mm-hmm. and how do we do that well understanding how other people have got there gives you a blueprint to what you need to be able to get there mm-hmm. so showing them these elite athletes the best of the best mm-hmm. i'm going to back up the only exception is gymnastics and figure skating okay If you're a youth athlete, you have to specialize in gymnastics and figure skating because your age to peak is much lower Mm -hmm. than these other sports. Like as a gymnast, you got to peak at like what, 14, 15, 16. So yeah, you got to specialize from the time you're Mm -hmm. seven or eight years old. But most other sports, your peak age is around 20 to 25. Mm -hmm. So give it time. Let yourself develop. In these off seasons, get stronger, get Mm -hmm. faster. If you sleep, if you're a teenage athlete and you sleep eight hours a night, You wake up at the same time every day and Mm -hmm. you're in a weightlifting program and you're eating the amount of calories that you need and they're not empty calories, they're actually providing nourishment. Yeah. You are so far ahead of the game. Like so (laughs) far ahead of the game. Yeah. So like take care of those things. Yeah. Like playing year round in these showcases and then your high school season and then showcases, at some point, maybe it does need to happen. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't need to happen until you're a bit older. Right. I'm sorry, if you're nine years old and you're the best one on the team. It's pretty rare that you're gonna make it to the next level because by the time you're 12 you're gonna have an injury mm-hmm. and and it's like yes. the
0: Little League World Series we've Ex- talked about yeah
1: exactly like some of these players they they go on and, and play in the pros and they come back and celebrate like oh, I remember when I was in Williamsport. sport but for the most part the kid that's the best in these young sports seven eight nine ten years old they have injuries that just keep piling up there's so much pressure put on them at a young age mm-hmm. that they don't really understand they're yeah. just like, Hey, I am playing because it makes it's fun it makes my friends happy it makes my parents happy so like I'm gonna keep playing mm-hmm. but then they get older and people are getting a hold of them and emailing them and I mean there's some youth athletes that are getting sponsorships now and like all these things it's great but like they're not gonna make it to, yeah. We almost want the late bloomer. Yeah. And, and, and athletics. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Dan, I hope that that answer is helpful for you and, and for your son and everything mm-hmm. he's going through right now. <laughs> um, our last question is from a listener named Peyton, and they ask, how do I grow more in confidence?
1: Wow, Peyton, that is a great question mm-hmm. of how to grow more in confidence. And what I'm going to do is actually I knew turn this back to Brandy. <laughs> Because what we do every year, and, 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 and then you can turn it back to me because I have an answer as, for sure. it as well. But every year we sit down at the beginning of the year, New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We just reflect on not not so much a resolution, but what is the word that sticks out to us this year? Mm-hmm. And, and how do I work on that? And so Brandy's word for this year is actually confidence. Mm-hmm. So Brandy, what, <laughs> what tips do you have? I mean, we're more than halfway through the year. Yeah. At this point, you've been working on confidence. What have you found that has improved your confidence? And what have you found that has been a struggle mm. in that?
0: Wow. Thanks for the question. <laughs> no Peyton, Thank you so much for the question. Because I think that um, when I pick a word or a theme for every year, there's moments throughout the year that I'm like locked in and then there's moments that it kind of fizzles and then there's moments that I lock in again. And I think that there's times too where, um, I don't, I don't soak it all in until December. Like, I don't think, Oh, how much have I grown, you know, this past year until December. And so it's weird to think like, okay, right now, where, where have I grown over the past few months? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the biggest tip that I can give is believing in yourself, not in a cocky way, but really just believing in the gifts that you have and that you can provide to others. Because I was watching this video recently, actually, from this um, Catholic woman. She's a mom of like nine, very well-known speaker, very well-known business owner. And she just goes it's actually really selfish if you don't share your gifts with the world. Like if you are hiding your gifts and you're not giving them out, it's it's selfish. Like this world needs your gifts. This world will be better with your gifts. And I think for a very long time when I wasn't confident, it was because I had a lot of insecurities. I've struggled with self-hatred um, and I didn't think I had anything to give. I didn't think I there was anything like special about me that I could give to someone else and what I've learned over the past few months of really focusing on confidence is I do have a lot to to give to the world I have I really have a lot of gifts and so how do I build that like mental like belief in my gifts one is claiming them like really like saying them whether it's daily or once a week or um you know I do something and giving myself a pat on the back something like that to really acknowledge like no I'm doing a great job um, so that's a big thing that I've, I've done. Another thing I've done this year is I have these daily affirmation cards and, and Dylan laughs, but, but every day I look at, almost every day, there's times where I like go on a trip and I forget them, but nearly every day I pull out one of those cards and it, the first day I opened this packet side note, the first day I opened this packet was the day that Dylan proposed, which I had no idea <laughs> was going to happen. So it's crazy, but what's even more crazy is the first day I opened the packet, it was january 14th of this year and the first one i pulled out was today i am confident Mm. and so that was just like i was like okay i'm confident let's do this um but every day i i read it and i'm like okay today i'm confident today i read today i'm healthy my mind body spirit is is healthy and so every day i read those and i claim that and then i actually this May sound funny, but every morning when I wash my face and I put on like my moisturizer, I do daily affirmations in the mirror. And I think that that has helped build my confidence so much because every single day I'm washing my face and I'm saying either you, I either you, you use you or I use I depending on the day, but I'll say, You are loved, you are confident, you are beautiful, you are strong, you are supported. And so the, those things have really gone a, a, a long way. And the last thing I, I could I could probably say a bunch of things. But the last thing I'll add is it's really easy for my confidence to go down when I feel chained to things in my past um, or things in the present that are triggering belief systems that I had in the past. And so whenever, um, you know, say something happens and whether it's like an argument with a friend, well, I don't want to say argument with a friend, but just like some sort of conflict in my life, whether it be friends with family or or even just noticing it in the world, sometimes that can make me feel or allow myself to feel chained to whatever that emotion brings up within me. And what I've found is I, to grow in confidence, to grow as a confident woman, I need to be free of those things that used to chain me. And so I feel like this year, I've been doing the affirmations, I've been claiming my gifts, but the hardest one is to really allow myself to be free of things of my past. And I think that's something I've worked on, I've been working on for years and years and years, but it's coming to a new level. um, Because I don't have these crazy, um, you know, I don't struggle with my eating disorder daily. I don't struggle with self-hatred daily or anything like that. Where in the past, those were things that really chained me, my depression, anxiety, really changed me where now it's just it's simple belief systems that oh I don't have you know anything to to give or oh I'm not supported or valued by people that I give so much energy to or whatever like there's these different things that either I believe and they are true or I believe and they're not true that chain me and that brings my confidence down and so I think growing as a woman in confidence has been like the, the the hardest thing, but the most important thing has been allowing myself to truly be free of those things.
1: Yeah, it's amazing because the the card I pulled this morning was today I'm special and have unique gifts to to give <laughs> yeah. the world and like so it, it it's perfect. And there's so much there's so much beauty in what you said and, and working and, and the way that this question is phrased, how do I grow more confident? Mm. I don't know if we're ever actually confident. Because there's areas of your life that you're confident in, but then there's other areas that you continuously need to grow in. And I would debate that if if a person said overall, in every area of my life, I'm confident, I would say yes, because you're complacent. Mm. You haven't picked up a new challenge to bring yourself forward. And, And that's partly why we love CrossFit is like you can have a level of competence in each movement. And the minute that you become confident there's a workout that humbles you mm-hmm. even at the highest level yes. that the, these athletes get humbled but at the same time i would say that there is times that we can achieve confidence and a lot of times in our work it's when when people are coming back from an injury in the sense of we're talking about knee injuries earlier so maybe we'll just use acl i'm afraid to get back on the field because the last time i was on the field i made a cut and the cut that i made we're playing this team and the person was wearing red and they were wearing number 12 and I wanted to make a cut in front of them and that's when my knee gave out on me. And then since then my life has changed. I've been in PT. I've had surgery. It's been nine months and now I'm able to get back out on the field. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Well, the reason that you're afraid is is maybe because the work hasn't been put in to give you that confidence. So with some patients that share a story like that, When we're working with them, I'm putting on a red jersey. I'm writing number 12. Mm -hmm. I'm getting in their face. I'm giving them some contact. I'm trying to reverse engineer and create the environment that they're going to be going into. Cross the Games athletes, I don't feel confident about the weekend. Well, did you put the work in to be able to perform to the capacity that this competition is calling you to perform at? Because if you haven't put the work in, then you shouldn't feel confident Mm -hmm. because the effort wasn't there. And in the book, we talk on self-doubt a bit. And one of the quotes that I really enjoy is that, for example, if you are lacking confidence and you want to paint, like you want to say that I am a painter, but you lack confidence in it, the best way to get over self-doubt is to by start painting, Mm -hmm. start making small action steps towards what you want to become. The Football Hall of Fame, there's this really cool hologram that came out and it was uh, Don Shula, Vince Lombardi, and what was the other coach? I'm missing one. Joe Namath. Yeah. Joe, Joe Namath came out <laughs> and uh, Hollywood Joe, and it was just <laughs> pumping us out. It was out. fabulous. <laughs> it was incredible. And then you walk out of the locker room, and there's a sign that says, You're, The game of life starts today. Mm-hmm. Like, go live a Hall of Fame life. And that was so moving because it takes action if you want to become more confident with a if you want to become more confident with a lift you have to put the work in for that lift mm-hmm. and then the self doubt will be put to rest if you want to surrender your past get rid of these shackles this is where that whole concept of nope comes in mm-hmm. the reason that we don't have confidence and don't believe in ourselves is because the world has taught us to not believe in ourselves mm-hmm. we have to go back to that point of rejection we have to realize the environment that was around us and where that rejection came from we have to work through that rejection. We've been playing with this meditation of bringing people to that rejection and then being there for themselves when they felt like nobody else was there for them. And then changing their perspective on, let's look at that person's eyes that rejected you and told you that you're not enough, that told you that you can't do this, that you're not made for this. And and let's just look in their eyes because their eyes are gonna tell you the story. Mm -hmm. Their eyes are gonna tell you that, I'm sorry for putting this on you because I'm not in a good place in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm taking my frustrations, my nope, out on you. And that's not fair. You have no idea how much I regret this. But this is the information that I had available to me at this time. And I'm sorry that it hurt you. Like we have to forgive those moments. Mm -hmm. When we forgive those people, those events, those things, we're now able to move forward into confidence because now we start to realize that, you know, I had this feeling like I was enough this whole time. I had this feeling that I could grow into this thing, that I could go and achieve this dream or the success that seems so unreachable to me. Mm -hmm. I know I've, I've had people in my life that have kicked me in the butt and said, you are underperforming for what your potential is. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what my potential was until someone kicked me in the butt to do that and then held me accountable to go and, and do those things. But along with that, I had to put the action in. I had to go back to those rejections. Why do I think I'm only capable, and nothing to be said, like, poorly about an associate's degree, but why was I limiting myself at an associate's degree? Mm-hmm. Why did I not even think that I was worthy to go on to get my bachelor's degree or to get my doctorate or to then get my sports specialty? Like, why why did I limit myself? Well, because other people have limited me from how I grew up and where I'm from and, and being at one of the poorest schools in central New York, like, you don't go to do those things. Mm-hmm. And then facing those rejections, facing those nopes, putting in the work, getting kicks in the butt from really good friends to push me really helped me to grow in in more confidence. But again, there's other areas that I still lack in confidence that I'm actually working on. Mm -hmm. So it's just a continuous growth that that keeps on occurring.
0: For sure. And um, over the past month, we got to attend virtually the Global Leadership Summit and one of the thing one of the biggest takeaways that I took away from that weekend was believe something new about yourself. And I think to grow in confidence, everything you just said, everything I said before, one of the the biggest key is to believe something new about yourself. Maybe maybe in the past you didn't think you could get a bachelor's. Well, I'm going to believe that I can and then go do the work, obviously. Like you have to put in the work, but Um, I know for me, there was a time where with my injuries, I, I really believed that I wouldn't be able to run without pain, work out without pain. I I thought the rest of my life was doing really simple, easy body movement stuff. And then if I felt even a little bit of pain to stop, Mm -hmm. but I had to believe something new about myself and I had to work through forgiveness of all these doctors that um, gave me the information that they had at the time that didn't serve me in the way that I needed to be served, but th- that's my story, but that's not who I am. And to believe something new in myself, that's where I've been able to grow and more confident. And every time I use the word words, I can't, or I'm not that way, or I don't have that gift, I have to like check myself like, okay, maybe I don't feel that way currently, but can I believe something new in myself and then grow into those places? And so Peyton, how do you grow in more confidence? Take take this wisdom that we shared with you, but really believe that you are a confident person.
1: Yeah. And last point on this, but beautifully said, I, I remember when, when we first started working out together and I started coaching you, I'd write a workout and you would say, I can't do that movement. And I would get so frustrated. I know. (laughs) And I'd say, Brandy, I understand right now you don't have the capability or the capacity to perform this movement to that level. You are going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And here's the building blocks to be able to do that. But none of this works if you keep saying, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to believe that you can do this. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of evidence in the world, that's going to tell you that you can't do this. Mm -hmm. So if you start to fall for that, and we all do at, at times, like no one's perfect. We all at some point get in our heads and just, I I can't do this. It's, it's too big of a calling. I just, I don't have the resources. I don't Mm -hmm. have this. I don't have that. Like it's going to happen at some point, but get off that track and go, I I can, I don't, I don't have what I want, but I have what I need. Mm -hmm. And when you are limited that drives innovation and when you have innovation you can soar like your creative brain and and you're working at it you can do it so like you can do it and i want to be this like pump up motivational speech Mm -hmm. of like get out there like you can do it but the truth is you can you can but just don't take it all on at one time there's building blocks to this Mm that in the gls ryan leake would say there's levels to this thing Mm -hmm. and and there is there's you know where you're at. You know where you want to be. You want to get there. You're straight line trajectory, <laughs> better every single day. It's not how it works. Mm-hmm. There's levels. You get to this level and then you get a little bit more. You get to this level, a little bit more, and then you will get to that point. It's not a matter if if you'll get there. It's a matter of when you'll get there mm-hmm. if you keep leveling up and learning and sculpting and learning and, and keeping that moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So take your first step in confidence today and... Take your step, first step in this new life and believing in yourself and, and growing into the person that you want to become. Because the Hope Not No podcast and, and our goal is to empower people, to really empower them to live the life that you're meant to live. And so we hope, Peyton, that you can do that, that you can grow more confident and become the person that you want to become. Um, and And we thank you for submitting your question because that helps us to continue to grow and to share this message and empower more people that need it and so thank you everyone for submitting your questions if you are listening and you have a question head over to hope.nope.org where you can ask us a question and you'd be featured on one of our upcoming podcasts and please rate review subscribe share this message with people because people want to grow in confidence they they want to grow as the person that they want to become and so we hope that we can do that for you and empower you a little bit to do that. But you have to kind of take it and share it with the next person to really spread this message. And so thank you so much for tuning in. And um, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here today.
1: You remind me of a quote from Christina Previtt from like a year or two year ago yeah. when I was talking to her. I've, I've never met somebody that said, why? I wish I was least pre- less prepared and less confident going <laughs> into this activity or event right. or things like that. so as Brandy's saying like take that step into it you know grow 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 it's it's difficult it's challenging to do but it is it is so worth it and and we're here to empower you we're, we're here to empower those that have been plagued by nope with hope and, and part of that is that it's not just us saying this but it's you doing it mm-hmm. whether it's getting a copy of the book listening to some of the tips from this and starting to work towards that, whether it's reaching out to us to start to work with a hope coach or a performance mm-hmm. coach if you have very specific athletic or, or sports performance goals. But take that first step. Maybe it's calling your friend and saying, hey, this week I want to be more confident. Here's my game plan to become more confident. At the end of the week, can you text me and just be like, hey, did you do it? Mm-hmm. Like, just make that small step, yeah. that, that little step. Have a great week. And remember, every day is not just a day to be hopeful. But it's a day to become hope.
0: The Hope Not Note podcast is meant for educational, informational, and personal development purposes only and does not constitute any health or medical advice. If you're looking for specific advice, connect with us to work with a hope coach. The Hope Not Note podcast shall not be liable or responsible for any loss or damage allegedly arising from any information or suggestions in this podcast.